This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 638 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Arena Saddles, and Total Saddle Fit. On this month's USDF show, we have an update about convention from Ross Creech. And then Nancy Later tells us all about her new webinar program for juniors. We'll then be joined by friend of the show, Lauren Chumley. After that, Reese and I will bring you a trainer tip to close the show. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hey, Phil, how are you? Oh, my goodness. It seems like we haven't recorded anything for months. I know. It feels like, yeah, I, I had to call you last week for something, and I was like, <laughs> I miss you, Phil. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I've, I've been bu- busy, so, you know, it's it's been good, and, and it's nice to have a little bit of a break now and again, you know, after a, a busy season and our last our last show we went to and all of that, so I just, just kind of took a break, and uh, and Glenn put up a best of episode for us. Yeah, uh, well, I, I, and I was actually, also took a break, I went to um, a very good friend who I ride with wedding in, in DC, and that was the first time we'd been out, and it was great, it was nice, we were talking before we recorded, it was well done, it was, everyone was vaccinated, it was, we all felt really safe, and um, it was a, it was a really fun event, it was kind of felt like the world was normal, and um, so I also took a break, but I'm in the fire now, we're recording a little early, because uh, we actually start our regional finals we move in tomorrow, which I've got to wrap my head around. I haven't had a chance to do that yet today. So, well, be, um, be making be, be making your your lists and checking them twice before you before you do much. But you're you're not going to be far from home. Yeah, you know, I'm if lucky. You yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what Sarah and I were saying. Our last one, you know, was in Chicago, so it wasn't such a you know worst case scenario. If I forget something, I can call my husband and explain what we need. You know, uh, which is nice. We're here. We're we're local. Uh, that does pose a couple different challenges. I have learned over the years where I really have to act like I'm out of town because it, it gets to be a little hectic, but um, it, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. We've got a lot of people going. I think I have 10 or 12 students that are going, so it should be a really fun week. So we, uh, we're we recording early, but we've got a great show for you guys. So we'll get the party started with our USDF commercial, and we'll come back with our guest from USDF, Ross Creech. Founded in 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org, your online destination for dressage. Well, tonight for our USDF update, we are so excited to have back by popular demand, Ross Creech, Marketing and Communications Director at USDF. Ross, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to get to come and talk to you all. I know you're becoming a regular and we love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, unfortunately, we've got some news about convention, right? Which maybe isn't the news people wanted, but your, your job is to... Give it to us. So let us know what it is. <laughs> That's right. Um, as many of you have probably already heard, we did have to make the unfortunate decision to shift to a virtual event again for this year. We, after the board had started moving forward with our on-site plans, we uh, began to get feedback from the region, the local GMOs, as well as all the delegates and governance representatives. And everyone just felt it was too risky this year to continue with the in-person. So we're very excited. I mean, we were super happy with how well the 2020 virtual convention went. So the opportunity to make it even better for this year is actually pretty exciting for us. I bet. Well, I mean, actually, yeah, I was going to say that hopefully that you kind of worked out the kinks and now you have an even better plan for, for bringing people together virtually. Absolutely. Yeah, we feel a lot more confident this year, for sure. 
uh, we were all kind of flying by the seat of our pants a little bit last year. Um, probably we'll still do that a little bit this year, but definitely have a better grasp on most things. And I hope uh, even more attendees will come this year. Uh, we had great turnout last year. And like I said, so much positive feedback. So I really hope people take advantage of it. And it's a way for everyone to be a part of the convention as opposed to having to travel across the country or it just being the people in that host region. So really, hopefully it will involve a lot more. Yeah. And I will say, you know, attending last year, I was also a little bit curious to see how it would go, but it was really fun. Actually, I I enjoyed it. Not going to lie, maybe was in my riding pants and went rode a horse at lunch and uh, <laughs> yoga pants in the afternoon. But uh, it was really there was a lot of that going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that was great. And the other thing that was nice that happens sometimes at convention is you have to be at two places at one time or two meetings. And that didn't yes, happen. Well, we are definitely hanging our head on that. We are going to be able to maintain the conflict free schedule again, uh, which is something we've strived for for many years. As you know, Race, you've been yeah. coming yeah. for many years. And, it, you know, at the in-person, there's so much going on and so much that has to get crammed in. We, it's just not feasible for us to have a completely conflict free or it hasn't been in the past. And with some of the changes that we made for the 2020 virtual convention, such as the council forums and moving the closed meetings out of the convention week and doing those prior to has really opened up the convention. So our plan is to continue some of these changes going forward to hopefully still be able to offer that conflict-free experience, even when we are back in person. Okay, so I think we need to let everybody know, do you, do you have the dates set and sort of some some of the information that, that you can give out? I do. Uh, the dates are going to be the same currently as the on-site convention. That is December 1st through the 4th. The overall agenda, um, I don't know if anybody saw it prior to it, us changing to virtual, but most of it is actually not going to change. It, uh, the structure will be similar to last year. Uh, closed meetings and things will happen prior to the convention week. And then all of the forums and things like that will occur during the convention week with everyone able to attend. We're also, um, unlike 2020, we have uh, several contested elections this year. So we're going to incorporate a meet the candidate session, get to know the candidates and hear what their vision is for the organization and so forth. That's fantastic. And do you have the educational forums lined up yet? Because those were great last year. Well, we will still have like our competition open forum and things like that. I, the education portion is still being worked out, specific, all the specifics on that. But uh, we're, we're definitely focusing more on that forum experience. That seems to work the best and frankly gets the most done. <laughs> People are able to share ideas more easily and get a better picture. That's why we love these council forums, because it gives people a more all-encompassing picture than going to a single meeting and hearing from one committee. You know, you get to hear how they all fit together. No, that's completely true. And again, I, I am not the most tech-savvy person as the guys <laughs> on the other line of the call can laugh and say I'm not. And it actually was really easy. It was not hard to operate. It was easy to, you guys made it, it really was hassle-free and I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed it. So I, I think it is is a really good thing to be able to sit back and schedule and you can still ride a little bit. And I'm, I'm sure it also saves the organization quite a bit of money as well. Uh, well, the canceling doesn't necessarily help the budget, canceling an yeah. outside event, but but of course, yes, virtually, you know, when we're not shipping staff and things all across the country, that's obviously a big savings. But yeah, I think uh, getting everyone involved in the governance and getting to be able to see it and us being able to schedule it to accommodate the West Coast and the East Coast, and like you said, the conflict-free schedule. Personally, I'm very excited about the whole virtual aspect of our convention. I thought it was so cool last year. I think we can continue to make it better. And hopefully some portion of it will be incorporated going forward as well. So, Yeah, I love it. I, I agree that, with you, Ross. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I, I really enjoyed it last year. Uh, and for anyone thinking about coming this year, another thing to plan on is the Olympic Paralympic panel and recap presentation with our Olympians from Tokyo. 
that's always a huge highlight on Olympic years. So yeah. we will have a special presentation for that as well. So everybody should definitely tune in for that. I love it. So Ross, tell us, how do we find sort of, you know, I know all the information is is pretty, this is a new announcement. So you guys are working on it now. How can people kind of continue to find information and all the good stuff? Well, it's really, every, you know, we're figuring things out day by day yeah, um, sure. and finalizing things. So it's really important for everyone to visit the convention website, which is just usdf.org slash convention. We have a draft agenda already up and there's information there. You can sign up to get email updates about it directly to your inbox. There will be a registration process. We are currently developing that just so we can get people registered to make sure they get their meeting links and their emails and things like that. But it is also free again this year. So mm-hmm. no yeah. barriers for anyone to attend. If, you wanted, if you've ever thought about wanting to be a part of the convention or just seeing yeah. what it's like, this is prime opportunity. Love it. Oh, well, Ross, this is, you know, again, making, making lemonade out of, out of lemons, you know, I, I like it. And so how can people uh, find you if they have any specific questions? Uh, you can always reach out to us on our social media channel. Uh, our social media coordinator is always very on top of things. That's probably yeah. the quickest way to get an answer. Um, but our full contact list is available on the website. Email us, call us. We uh, are pretty much available all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> um, it, but social media is probably the fastest response, the quickest way to get questions answered. Sometimes, you know, our other followers answer them before we have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, that's a great suggestion, Ross. And we look forward to kind of keeping keeping you in the loop. We'll have you back on again before convention to tell us what really is going to happen. And uh, we look forward to that. Excellent. That sounds great. Yeah, I'd love to come back once I have some more information to share. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Ross. Arena saddles are beautifully styled with meticulous attention to detail. Classically crafted from European leather, riders will appreciate the elegance and quality of arena saddles. Whether you're competing in dressage, jumping a course, or riding the trail, there's a perfect arena saddle for you. The arena dressage saddle is beautifully balanced and well-crafted. It will help you and your horse move together in harmony. With movable knee blocks and a generous panel and channel, you can have confidence that your saddle is comfortable for you and your horse. With saddles for every discipline priced at just $15.99, there is an arena saddle that's perfect for you. To see the full range and to find a dealer near you, visit arenasaddles.com. Well, tonight, we're very excited to have Nancy Later on the program. She's an FEI rider and trainer and coach. Uh, she has a new program with Carousel Coaching, and she has youth rider webinars. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Well, I was trying to remember today, you and I met when I was a young rider, which, of course, was you know three years ago uh, in Germany. So I've known you a really long time and you've always been such a great person. And so I was really excited that you were starting this program. So I want you to tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Well, what I found in my teaching and my training and also for myself, like something that I I felt like I could have used through the years when I was trying to learn, but ultimately it came out of feeling like I could not give my students enough just in the in the arena and in that 45 minute or hour sessions that we would have together i felt like there was so much more that we need in order to be really um confident and successful riders and it went even further i did a lot for the young riders championships. I've been the chef for a while, a youth coordinator in Region 8. And I would see, you know, a lot of really talented kids and and some super horses that we have here as well. And oftentimes they would get to this really important time in their life and they would be missing some of those skills that that we need in order to be confident competitors. So I thought I would start this uh, it, it started out kind of as a coaching call, we called it, and a group coaching call where the kids could come on and we would we do different subjects. It's turned into now I do it through a webinar platform and we talk about anything they want to talk about as far as what what could help them to feel more confident, 
just in their riding, in competition, uh, taking lessons, getting ready for clinics, these kind of things that, uh, you know, we don't have that time when we're teaching a riding lesson. We don't always have that opportunity to address those things in that 45 minutes or hour where we're dealing with the horse as well. So this kind of takes us outside of that arena it gets the energy of the horse and the performance and all that stuff on the sidelines and lets us just deal with, with ourselves, starting to identify things about ourselves that we need to know in order to go and present ourselves to the world as competitors. So it can be, um, you know, as things like dealing with their values, identifying certain values. Uh, that contribute to their identity, what success means to them. Uh, I think that this is really important as you're going along to, you know, we don't just start off uh, putting that bar at going down the Olympic center line. We, we have, that might be our ultimate goal and our dream, but we need to have, who are we? Who are we inside when we go down that center line? What are we representing? And if we lose sight of that along the road, and we've seen some of our riders, you know, talk about that, then then you you can't be your best person riding down the center line. You're trying to please, maybe please other people, or you know, put on a mask and be somebody that you're not. And uh, and that's a sad thing. It's a sad thing for me to watch kids, you know, when they don't really know uh, who they are in the whole scenario. So that's what I want to bring to them is that those tools that they need. Now, I don't want to give them who they are. I want to give them the tools to find out who they are in the inside and then take that out into the world with confidence. I love it. I love it. And, and I, what I also love is the idea of it's it, a lot of times it's nice because um, I've, I've helped also several youth riders um, and young riders similar idea because when you're in the arena there's so much you need to talk about just riding your horse but what people don't realize is most of the time trainers are pretty busy and what's nice when you schedule a session or even schedule a session with someone else they can help you sort of problem solve while your trainer can't always do that in the ring right like I think that's sometimes you need two hours for a lesson and not just one. So that is exactly the point. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's so so nice. Yeah. It's nice to be able to step back a little bit and talk to somebody about, about life and showing and all the things without, and it's not that your coach I'm sure won't do it, but when you have a program where someone's dedicated to that, I think that's really important. So I love your idea and I, I love what you're doing. So how can people sign up for those webinars? I have a, ma- a list. Uh, so they would either go onto my website, which is the carouselcoaching.com, and there's a button and they can just put in their email and their name and that'll end up going right to the list. They'll get it. They'll automatically get a free invitation every week Uh, or they can just email me the their email address and just tell me their uh interest to be on the list and they don't have to show up but it's great when they when they can make that time i have some of them are recorded and they are on my website and that would give people an idea they can listen to those and see a little bit about what we talk about and what the format is I think sometimes people don't know what it is. You know, the word webinar can be a little bit frightening. And it's not for, for those of us who don't, aren't technology savvy. Now, for me to go out and do this is completely crazy because I was like absolutely the worst with computers. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. I'm not going to tell you that. And you can ask questions. There's a chat box. I can actually, you can raise your hand. You can talk. If you want to, people can email me questions. We often do homework so that I can get a little bit of interaction going back and forth and learn about some of the things that are going on in their lives so that the the information can really be more 
direct, you know, I, sometimes we get away from what's really going on. And so that helps me to know what do they want to talk about, how in-depth they want to get into certain subjects. The other thing that is really good that you brought up is I want to be an asset to the trainers. So if there's any trainers out there, they're like, I'm really having this kind of problem with my, you know, I feel like my students don't, you know, understand this or they're having confidence problems and I don't know how to help them. I want to be somebody that is actually a tool for the trainers. And this works with any, any writing system. So people get worried, you know, I, I don't want the kids to think that they have to, you know, ride in a certain way. If you know, is Nancy getting into that aspect of it? But really, we don't. We talk more about partnering, you know, with the horse and who you are in the equation and things like that. I don't think I, I get, and I try to teach them. Sometimes we do talk about maybe confirmation or we will to look at pictures and talk about what's happening as far as the mechanics of the horses and things like this, but um, never actual training methods. So, you know, trainers don't need to get stressed. I'm not interfering with that part, but oftentimes what I do end up able to do is help kids to bring up difficult subjects with their trainers. So I, it can be that the kids will be um, a little bit nervous sometimes to talk with their trainer about something. I think maybe the trainer won't be open to it or they might be upset with them. And so I, I can coach them also through that. You know, how do we open the conversation in a way that's really, they, they are bringing it up because they really like their trainer and they really want to stay with their trainer and they want to do it the right way. Not, they're not trying to, you know, leave the trainer. They're, they're trying to make the, the relationship better. But we all know that, as you said, we're really busy. A lot of times it, it takes a minute to figure out what's the best time for the conversation. How do I open the conversation? And how do I come across? And this is something that we're not taught. It, it, it's, you know, you don't always know how do I present this problem that I'm having without upsetting somebody because from their side, they don't want to make anybody angry. They don't want to lose the relationship. They want it to get stronger. And so that's been uh, actually one of the biggest things that I've helped kids with is just opening up those conversations, looking at it a little bit from the, you know, as a trainer, I can help them look at it from, you know, what their trainer is feeling, what their trainer, the pressures the trainer is going through too so that they can realize that sometimes those responses aren't always their, their fault either. You know, we got a lot of stuff going on and perhaps that they're getting a, a reaction that isn't actually related to them. And that that's helped out a lot of kids. So I, I think what's good and, um, you know, maybe the only blessing that's come from the pandemic is a lot of these resources that you don't need to be present for you know everybody's learned how to use zoom and skype and and all of these things and uh i think your your program is also you know in in that way is that you know people can connect and and not have to be in person and and they can learn things and they can evolve their riding um no matter where you are in the world as long as you kind of have a internet connection you're you're accessible and and so I, I really like the idea. Well, you know, what was the the genesis? The you know, what what brought about this this program for you? I think that building relationships is something that's really been important to me, and making a a comfortable place where the kids can get to know each other a little bit. They feel safe sharing in that environment. They can support each other. Outside of um, outside of meeting each other at horse shows and things like that, uh, in Wellington it's so fun. We have that challenge, right, Reese? You had the, yes. the that uh, mm -hmm. Mary did, you know. Mm -hmm. And every year we would we would meet once a week for two months leading up to this fundraiser, and we would all ride uh, practice practice our quadrille and. It was the, one of the only times that we all got to hang out together 
that we weren't running around at a horse show competing against each other. I just found it to be uh, outside of just doing an awesome thing for breast cancer and, and participating in the fundraiser. But I thought it was really good for all of us just getting, you know, spending time and having fun together. And, and so this is really a sport where we're all the time by ourselves. And one of the times that you do get to be on a team is for young riders. And this ends up being such a pressurized situation that I still think that the, they don't always have enough time to get to know each other, to feel confident and comfortable, you know, meeting uh, their peers. So I, I think it was just about building relationships, building a community where the kids can feel comfortable with the stuff that they're going through, the questions that they have, that they don't have to be winning or, you know, feeling pressured to be in a certain way. And we could just discuss all these things about, because something that came up is if you go to a horse show and who are you, who are you taking out into public? And the, the person in the test in front of you, for instance, forgets their whip. You know, are you the person that's going to lend them your whip, even though it might impact your warm up? Or are you the person that's going to hold on to your whip so that your test is better? And neither answer is right, right? One thing is right for one person and one thing is right for another person. And then what if your trainer is upset with you because you gave the whip to the person in front of you and now you don't have it? You know, maybe you can take a couple minutes and you can find another whip, right? But that person needed it right at that second. And, but if you feel confident about who you are in that moment, and you know that ahead of time, then you can act in integrity with yourself. And you, if your trainer's upset, you can say, I'm sorry, but that's who I am in that moment. And I feel really good about myself helping somebody else. Or you can say, I, I, I was nervous without the stick and I needed it for my warm up, and I didn't want to ruin my ride. This is also a fine answer, right? But a lot of times we don't learn these things and then we go and maybe we do something that in integrity with ourselves and then we feel bad or we do what what we really wanted to do in our heart and somebody around us is upset with us and so how do we how do we navigate those things so that if you do you go along and you make these mistakes over and over again you get off your path and I think we, if we're going, whether it doesn't matter if you have a big, big goal in, in dressage or you just want to learn and partner with your horse. I, I think that these things are important as, as we get older and, and it needs to start young. If you're going to go on and even do more, imagine having, you know, a sponsor and that sponsor having different values than you have then this is a very difficult situation. But if you know what your values are, then that's going to help you. It'll help you to pick your trainer. It'll help you to pick your your sponsor and your supporters. And then you'll feel like you're all going down that road together. And if you pick a, a sponsor that, or a sponsor even picks you, that uh, and it can happen, that, that doesn't have the same values, this is, it's going to cause strife and you, and then to ultimately it's not going to be a successful partnership. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. I mean, I I'm listening and I'm, I'm thinking for all of us, this is, these are such great strategies. And, um, I, I think it's amazing that, that you're offering this, you know, to, to the youth. And so how can, how can people, you know, again, give it your website again. And, and these are, webinars are free, right? They are free. They're on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock um, p.m. Eastern Standard, and they are 100% free. If you show up on that time, you get your free invite by going to carouselcoaching.com. And actually, my, on my, I have a dressage uh, website too, Carousel Dressage Horses, and that I think there's a button on there too. And you would just put in your email. I do. I am not. It's really important that people know I'm not collecting emails for any other kind of 
list. Sure. So this is the only thing that that email will do. Uh, people are absolutely welcome to email me questions or any, any things that they would like covered. This month is, um, I don't know when we're listening to this, but October is journaling month. So what I've started doing is dedicating each month to a different subject. So last month was preparation month. And we talked about all different kinds of tactics toward creating uh, more confidence through trusting your preparation. What things you can do ahead of time, the dealing with things that are not planned, uh, some you know some gold goal uh, strategies, making making the steps toward the goal. At all kind of preparation for your lesson, your mindset, for your horse show, building up to the horse show, visualizing your test, all these kind of things. That's We did that last month. A lot of that will come up on my website uh, recorded. And then this, this month is journaling, and we're really going to get deep into how journaling can really help you to see your progress. And how we know to, how we we have such a problem focusing all the time on things that we do wrong and the things yeah. that aren't going as well as we want. Sure, uh, and that was going right. So, the, the um, I think that we can start to look a little bit on the positive side if we're journaling. We'll see when we look back things that we were struggling with that are seeming much easier now. Uh, even. Okay. Being less emotional about what's going on. If you if you're writing things down, you can look at it from a different perspective. You don't need to get so emotionally uh, confused by some of the events that are happening. If you see repetition, it could it have something to do with the blacksmith or the food or you know, did the horse get turned out or not turned out or these kind of things that sometimes we really take personally and we think are all our fault. And then you can start to see patterns in your journaling. So uh, I have a lot of really, really great things. And I have a journal coming out that will be um, directed with a lot of these tools in it too. So that's hopefully by the end of the month going to be all ready. That's fantastic. Well, Nancy, thank you so much for telling us about the webinar. I'm glad you reached out. Uh, it's a fantastic program. I'm going to send uh, several people your way. So again, what's the website and how do people get in touch with you? Carouselcoaching.com and uh, carouseldressagehorses.com is my horse website, which is a little bit not on the back burner right now, but there's a button on on uh, either one. And my email address is Nancy Later, dressage horses at gmail.com. And people can just drop drop something in there too. And awesome. I love to hear from people. I love to hear if they're listening to the webinars, you know, anything about what we can do better, uh, what what conversations they want to have. And that's fun about the webinars too, is the interaction. They can um, type questions or this kind of thing. Great. Oh, well, thanks so much, Nancy. We're excited to share and uh, we can't wait to hear the progress. Thank you so much for having me. The podcast is North America's most listened to horse show inspired podcast with over 200 episodes hosted by me, Piper Clem, publisher of the Plaid Horse Magazine. Listen in to hear guests, which include Olympic equestrians, top hunter, jumper and equitation riders, trainers, vets, farriers, horse show managers, and industry insiders discussing topics that matter, horsemanship, collegiate riding, the state of our sport, and horse show how-tos for riders at every level. One episode each month is devoted to the mental side of your ride with nationally recognized mental skills coach and author Tanya Johnson. You will also hear insider stories about how the Plaid Horse Magazine comes together every month. Well, tonight I am so excited to have Lauren Chumley, FEI rider, trainer, world traveler, and Devin aficionado on the show. Lauren, welcome. Hi, thank you. 
Oh my gosh, I have been wanting to talk to you. We finally had to stop before we record it and start recording because we have so much to catch up with you on. (laughs) (laughs) Your summer's been insane and I love it. So tell us, you went, we're going to, we have a whole, we're going to talk about Aachen first. So tell us, what was it like to go to Aachen in Germany? Oh my God, Aachen. Aachen is, it's amazing. It is for sure like, bucket list destination. You have to go there before you die. You have to. Yes. yes. Um, I agree. Second. I just got incredibly lucky that Alice was going and didn't mind if I tagged along to help. And Aww. it was, there's, there's That's just so cool. nothing like it. Nothing like it here, anywhere, I think. And, you know, for years, people have told me, oh, Aachen is the best horse show in the world. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Right. Like everybody says whatever, you know, Nope, they're right. That's it. They're right. Like it. It's they're they're completely right. You you've they're been? Right. I went. I went. Um, but right before the pandemic, so it was oh. 2009, right, Phil? Like when did I go? Oh, 2019. 2019. Yeah, sorry. You were there 2019. With I went with the Dressage Foundation International Dream Program. I was a, I was a chaperone. Oh, right. I, I wish I was an attendee, but I was a chaperone, and so I went right before the pandemic, and I had heard the same thing. You have to go to Aachen. You have to. And it, it, it's unbelievable. So, so unbelievable. tell people, yeah, tell, and you were a groom. So we, we did get back. Yeah. Uh, we were able to watch the jog. We talked to some of the riders sort of back in the beginning part of the stabling before they mm-hmm. gently ushered us out. So I didn't get to really go into the stabling and, and, and you were, you were grooming for Alice. You were there as support. So kind of tell us what was that like? It was just awesome. It's so cool to be you know, it's, it's fun to go watch these shows and sit in the stands, but that's, that's not my style. You may have noticed. Um, (laughs) I like to be involved. Like, I think that's really fun. I like to be behind the scenes on the ground, in the trenches, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, going over to help Alice. And I told her for years, for the first time you go to an international show, I hope you're ready because I'm going with you. (laughs) And, um, that's, (laughs) and she's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I'm like, when are we going? Yeah, I'm going. (laughs) What are the dates? What are the dates? I think I, I'm pretty sure I had a plane ticket before she did or the horse did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm going. <laughs> we can move this around later if the dates are wrong. But I, I was just, I was just, I had to go. And um, I don't regret it at all. It was amazing. And it's really amazing to be around that caliber of rider and training. Again, it's one thing to see it, you know, on clip my horse or whatever. But to see it in person, it's just unreal and like people were making fun of me because I was like kind of stalking Glamourdale around oh I loved it (laughs) I was I was I was liking every stock post I was like yes keep stalking him but I mean like Lottie Fry you watch her on 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 the internet and you're like yeah wow she's really good you see her in person ride unbelievable oh my god unbelievable Unbelievable. another level like it was just awesome and Glamourdale's what 10 yeah you know I mean oh it's awesome it was just yeah yeah, I've seen him in awesome. person also at Aachen. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and and that's the cool awesome. thing too, right? About Aachen is now there is a separate warm up which we didn't have access to, but all you're required yeah. to come out in a open warm up that technically yeah. anybody can watch for the last what anybody minutes, can watch 10 minutes, yeah, something like that. You yeah. have to come out. Like they they yeah, force you, you to, to come out. out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to come out the, you know, the whole, you, everybody sees it. Everybody's videoing with cell phones. Like you, you gotta be smart. It's, it's, it was amazing. And, and being in the barns was just really cool. Obviously we were stabled with the U S team and then we had team great Britain on one side, which was awesome. And then on the other side was, uh, you know, it was just Simone Pierce for Australia, but she was just right there. And then across the alley was team Sweden. Like wow. it's amazing. Right. <laughs> And let's it's talk about the amazing. shopping. Let's talk about the shopping. Oh my God. Oh I my know. God. The shopping. <laughs> it's next level. Yeah. You can't even explain. <laughs> it, it was next level. No, it was, it was basically like, I'm going to melt this visa. And I accept that because, yeah. you know, you can't take it <laughs> yeah. with you and visa yeah. can't take it with them either. So I'm going to help yeah. them out. Um, but it was awesome. And then the other thing that was really cool. And obviously, you know, I do eventing and I've done other disciplines. Yes. All the disciplines are there. They had Grand Prix, you have show, mm-hmm. meter 60 show, the Grand Prix show jumpers. You've got a four-star horse trial going on. Mm-hmm. You've got a combined driving, a CDE. I don't know what star it is because I don't know that much about combined driving. But they're four but it's, in it's hand. All, it's all fours. It's all yes. fours. It was so 
cool. Yeah, that's that's and neat. You, all, you don't get to see right. that. You don't get to see no. that many combinations of, no, of uh, no. foreign hands like they do like no. they do there. You know, that's and the closest great. thing we had here was Gladstone back in the day. You know, yeah, when they had festival. Right. But I was I was too young. I missed all that. So you know, it's it's unreal. You can just walk around and see the German show jumping team winning walk out to the cross country and see Americans won. that was, awesome. I was going to say the Americans won. That was the first time in history, right? I I got to hear the American national anthem in the Aachen stadium for the first time in history. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, unbelievable. How cool is that? Go Will Coleman. Here's the ball. Go Will Coleman. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was talking every one of your posts. I could feel it there. And truly <laughs> go there if you can it's it's an amazing experience it, it is it is amazing and and you know it's it's germany almost everyone speaks some sort of english you know because i know a couple of words in german most marcus and that's it but like you can get around you can communicate it's fine so you it can good. yeah you can oh easy easy yeah yeah if if you happen to run into somebody that you need to talk to who doesn't speak english they'll just grab whoever's next to them you know, it's everybody knows a little bit or knows someone who does. And the showgrounds are immaculate, like pristine, manicured, cleanest showgrounds I've ever seen in my life. It's it's amazing. It's really, it's, it's, yeah, it's really it is awesome. It, yes, it is really awesome. I totally recommend. So you came back from Aachen and then you're like, after that high, you took nine and rode eight horses <laughs> to the Devon Horse Show. Respect. Yes, girl. Yeah. So tell yeah. us about Devin. We started. We we go to Devon on Monday because the babies start on Tuesday. Three year old under saddle is always the first class on Tuesday. My favorite class. <laughs> yeah, start, start, yeah. Started off with a bang, right? Yeah. Now now we're talking. Oh yeah, it sure did. Yeah. There's now like a demolition derby. Every man for themselves. Like it's. I I love it. I love it. I love three year old under saddle because for some of these horses, like my horse, first show. Very first horse show, three so years old, been under saddle all summer, and I'm like, let's go to Devon, you know. You and wear, uh, sorry, it's just a quick question: do you do you wear a vest mm-hmm. in that class? Oh, please say you do. I do not. I do not. Amazing. You're brave. My horse is pretty broke. He's pretty okay. broke. You, yeah, you make them bro- broke. Yeah, so... he's pretty broke. But you, but you can't also... control the the other riders and horses in in the class with you. No, you sure I mean, Phil, I would you, never you be in a three-year-old can. class. Let's be real. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but but like on. if I had a horse that I had a question on, I would definitely put a vest on, 100%, because obviously I own them. But but this horse, he was fine. And, you know, it's Devin's also hard because they have, um, with, with good reason, restrictions on when you can lunge and where you can lunge, because um, you can't have all these CDI horses and babies and then trying to lunge some orangutan, right? So we are out there every morning, 6 o'clock, 6.15, ready to go in the lunge pen. So that helps. That helps a lot because they've already the, the the greener ones have already been on the lunge for you know fifteen minutes or something. So my likelihood of dying a little bit decreased. Yeah. <laughs> so you started with the three year old class. So what is that like at Devon? Explain that class to everybody so they understand. And I understand. So the three year old, three year old, and they have the under saddle classes first. They don't count for any points. They're more of like a warm up, I would say, for material. Um, it's a good way to get the horses in the ring. They go in the ring in a group. So they have friends and not alone. Cause I could not have done the class if I had to go in by myself. He's not going <laughs> right. He doesn't know what the heck's going on. So you all go in in a group, you walk together, you trot both directions and then you can, or usually they break us down into smaller groups to canter. So, you know, again, no dying, but it's nice because they don't judge spooking. They don't judge transitions. They're just looking at quality of gates, you know, quality of the horse, future potential. But they're not judging training like they would do in a dressage test, like training level test one, right? Because most horses, not ready for training level test one. Like, yeah, no. It's a nice way to get them out and see things with other horses in the ring to give them confidence. So I, I love the under saddle and material classes for that reason, because I think it's so good for the young horses to go off the property, go into the scary ring with the judges' boxes and the judges, but they have other horses with them. Yeah, that makes total sense. So you started with the three-year-old class and tell us more about mm-hmm. the breed show because we don't talk enough. That's what Devin's known for, right? Is the breed show. And, you know, I, I don't ever, well, I don't know much about that. So what after the three, I don't class? know. I don't know much about West coast shows, but I think it's the only, and you'll have to correct me and maybe do a little research here, yeah. but I think it's the only show on the East coast where you have a breed show and a CDI. 
that run together. Now, there's a lot of in-hand, and the in-hand part of the breed show is very prestigious, very historic. I don't do that part normally because I'm obviously, I ride, I ride them. But a lot of people do the in-hand. They're huge classes. The only time we'll do in-hand is they have um, an award at Devon called the Three-Year-Old Prospect Award which I've renamed the Alice Tarzan Award. <laughs> she wins it every year. <laughs> she wins it every year. And they combine the scores from the three-year-old material and you do one in hand class. And whoever has the highest combined score wins the prospect award. So I do do that class just to be eligible for that award. But again, don't win, Alice. Thanks, Alice. <laughs> been reserved a few times. I won it once, but then I've been reserved a few times. But it's just, it's just a cool little thing to get the horses in the ring. That's all. It doesn't actually mean, you know... It's a fun thing. But we don't do it. They do it a lot in Europe, but Devon's really the only place that it happens. Yeah, they don't they do not do it a lot around mm-hmm. here. So I think it's really fun. And, you know, I like, I really, really like young horses. Um, we have a lot of them. We start horses here and take them to their first shows. And, you know, some of these young horses are mine now that I've purchased as babies. So I, I love the opportunity to get them out in uh, such a cool, cool venue like Devon. Yeah. I love it. So what did the rest of the week look like for you? Well, you you start with mm-hmm. the breed show. You do under saddle, in hand, material, those things. And then you switch over Thursday, Friday. They have a little overlap. Thursday at Devon is like <laughs> absolute mayhem for me because that's the day that the breed show overlaps with performance. So you have, you have um, material championships all morning, CDI jog in the middle of the day. FEI Young Horse classes in the evening and fourth level and like FEI Test of Choice. I've got some national classes too. And I'm in all of those usually. So the last two Devons I've been to, I have not been able to jog my own horse for the CDI because I'm showing. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And God bless show management. Monica, I love you. (laughs) She's amazing. (laughs) Because they have to, they have to coordinate, you know, and, and they've got each material has a championship and I'm in all of them, right? Oh. <laughs> so three, four, five, like I'm in three, four and five-year-old material championship. And then there's the jog that starts while the championship's still going on. So they have to coordinate getting me in those rings, get my jog done. And then I had, I think two, I think I had a fourth level horse going, a national pre-St. George horse going. And then I had two in the young horse, the FEI young horse classes. Two of the horses that did material also crossed over and did FEI Young Horse. So oh it's just gosh. a lot of scheduling. I'm like a scheduling nightmare. So like I owe these yeah, ladies like so many bottles of wine <laughs> putting up with me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. And tell us, what is it like to the big sport at Devon? You know, tell people about, because it also similar to Aachen, there's lots of shopping. It's probably pretty similar. And I don't think the shopping's the same, but there's a lot of shopping at Devon, right? And it's a fun experience. Yeah. For- spectators it's really really fun they have lots of like you know they have like activities for kids and stuff like they have fun stuff um they have exhibitions like sometimes there's quadrilles this year they had like vaulting it was really crazy they had these like crazy little gymnast girls doing all kinds of crazy things on these big old draft horses so that was pretty cool but yeah there's there's shopping the shopping was a tiny bit smaller this year i think covid knocked out a few of the people that we would normally see, but I'm hoping it's bigger next year and better. But yeah, I would say, I would say Devin is, uh, it, it's like Aachen, but on a much, much smaller scale, you know, cause obviously Devin is two rings, right? Only two rings, right. it's only ever going to be two <laughs> rings. <laughs> so, so two rings and then chaos in the middle, right? Yeah, so, it's true. So it's the, true. This year, this year was really actually kind of cool because they had a lot of different CDI divisions, which I thought was really neat. So they had a three-star small tour division, and then they have the CDI amateur division. And then this year, this I don't think they did this last time. I didn't notice it before anyway. They had a, a small tour one-star division, which was cool because oh, you didn't have to yeah. enter both classes. You could do you could just do the pre-St. George if you wanted. There was no freestyle. But I, I entered that with my horse because that was her first CDI. It's her first year at FEI, and I wanted to get her out. And the one-star was perfect, you know? It was perfect. I didn't have the pressure <laughs> of trying to get a freestyle, you know, done. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. So we did the one star and she got ribbons in her first CDI at Devon. I was Yay! thrilled. Absolutely Yay. thrilled because, I mean, she wasn't perfect. I wasn't perfect. We had a lot to, lot to work on, but she put in, you know, really good, solid efforts in a, you know, in the Dixon Oval. Like, 
That's huge. It was awesome. I was super happy, super happy to do that. So I've had a lot of, <laughs> like I've had a lot of traumatic experiences in the CDI at Devon previously. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least you can, you can laugh about it, right? Oh, you know what? When your horse just like stands up in the pirouette and gallops across the ring, like oh. bronking in the CDI, oh, you watch those stirrups, no. one rein, and now you got that bucking strap. And, you know, <laughs> these CDI judges, not going to name any names, they're just looking at you like, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How did I get here? So I've had, I've had a lot of like Devin Dixon Oval PTSD in the CDI. But this year I had, I had a great, I had a great show, like really great. My horses were awesome. I had a couple, I had one win the four-year-old material championship. It was, it was really fun. It was just awesome. And I had a fourth level horse who did really well. And then a national small tour horse who just put in really good solid tests. I, I couldn't, I couldn't be happier. I love it. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on and telling us about your adventures. I mean, it's been a fun summer just watching you. I've, I have actually seen you at festival. I saw you at AECs. <laughs> so I actually know you've been more places than what we've even talked about. So again, you're my hero. I'm so tired. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm tired for you. So, I hibernate all winter. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, we, we do hibernate in Wellington. Um, but how yeah, can right. our listeners find you online? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I have, I just have a personal page and I also have a website, which is laurenchumleydressage.com. Um, I have an Instagram. I'm kind of old, so I'm not really into it, but occasionally I put up a picture and people like it, but I just, I just can't, I can't handle anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I'm the same way with Instagram. There may be a few Glamourdales up there. Just saying. Yeah. There's probably some Glamourdales up there. Cause I'm sure Lottie Fry is not too old for Instagram. Um, but, but yeah, that. website is really good or, um, just Facebook messages is awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. And we can't wait to keep our eye on you and uh, I'm going to take a nap just for you. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. Thanks so much for having me. She had waited all her life for this moment, dreaming about it since she was 10 years old. The trailer ramp touched the ground. He whinnied as she backed him out, swinging his head around to get a good look at his new home. His coat gleamed in the sun. Her love had arrived. She was breathless. He was beautiful. She could hardly wait to tack him up and start off on what she was sure would be the best times of her life. This love story is brought to you by Contribute, providing essential omega-3 fatty acids that help maintain low inflammation levels throughout your horse's body. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, Phil, we are all getting ready for regionals this week, and I'm not going to lie. It was been changing some stirrups around uh, on some students, and I walked up to somebody today, and it took my breath away because they had the thinnest stirrup leathers I've ever seen, and I said to them, you really need to look for total saddle fit stability stirrups because they're amazing, and it's, it's not a joke. These stirrups were th- so thin that that's why we love the stability stirrup leathers. They're amazing. They, they make your leg more stable. So I don't know about you, but I was, I was shocked now when I don't see them on people's saddles. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I mean, um, you know, thinking back and through, you know, through all of my saddles and riding, you know, they, they've got, they got really thin for a while there. And then, and then, you know, companies started just, you know, making them a bit thicker, but uh, these, uh, these stirrup leathers from, Total saddle fit, really, you know, they're, they're really wide and they sit really comfortable under your leg and they hold your leg more stable. So, yeah, I, I've got to be recommending them all the time to all my students. And, you know, it's the fall. So now I'm kind of teaching some clinics and stuff. And so kind of pointing that out and telling people how that can help their leg. You know, even if the leg is pretty stable, you're going to get an added benefit right there without without having to put in too much work or thought into it. So that's why I like it. Me too. I love them. I think it's fantastic. And I'm I'm always a fan of them and I use them all the time. So I truly tell people, I'm like, please get a hold of these. You will not be disappointed. So give them a try. Totalsaddlefit.com. Everything there. Justin does a great job in his team and we highly recommend it. And we use them 
literally all the time. So please jump in there. Perfect. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Phil, we have a Total Saddle Fit tip of the week from us, and it's a total surprise, everybody. I don't know what it is. So, <laughs> Phil, what you got for us? Well, this is this is coming to you via Stephen Clark, who I was able to audit a clinic where he was teaching some lessons in my area. So I, you know, I, I went over there and, and I watched for a day and uh, lots of great tips and exercises and stuff coming from Stephen Clark. But I'm just going to highlight one that I particularly liked and uh, and thought I'd bring to everybody via Stephen, I guess. And uh, so so here it is. Here's the tip. And this is going to help you to improve your lengthenings, medium trot, extended trot, you know, whatever level that you're working at. Here's what it is. So you come out of the corner, you're going down the long side, you're going to start in a little shoulder in or shoulder forward, depending on how well, you know, how far up your, your horse is trained. And then you go for your lengthening. And then you go, you know, as you come back towards the, the end of the wall or, or the end of the corner into the corner, you're going to go back to shoulder in to help the horse really think about positioning and getting your leg on as you're collecting the horse. So, and you, you can do between two letters, you can do uh, between all the letters. I mean, it doesn't matter how long your arena is and, and depending on the strength of your horse, you don't want to, you know, um, go barreling down the long side, but you know, you're try, trying to keep a, a bit of balance and you're trying to use the shoulder in into the lengthening and out of the lengthening to uh, help, balance and and really drive your horse especially towards the um towards the collecting portion at the end of the end of the lengthening so you're not just pulling your horse back on both reins you know slamming the brakes on and the horse loses all of that lovely impulsion that you created i love that one i i i use this exercise as well it's in a couple of the eventing tests actually there, there's one specific one and i'm like why is this not in more it's such a great exercise and i think it's one of those we sort of forget it or maybe you ride shoulder in before but you don't finish in shoulder in and i think it's just a great way to get stronger get your horses stronger um well and- i think in, in our tests we do a lot of the lengthenings and the mediums uh, you know kind of across the diagonal Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, you're showing the Grand Prix special, in which case you're yeah, not, your but... stomach is going to be burning. Just <laughs> personal experience. But it's yeah, it's great just to go forward, come back, go forward, come back, and think about you know the positioning of your horse, you know, to improve your balance and you know, and getting your your legs on at the end of every lengthening or medium or extended to uh, to really you know continue to to drive the horse's hind legs right under your body. So. You know, uh, it was demonstrated by a couple of riders at the clinic, and it, it was uh, very easy to see how well that worked for for horses and riders. Awesome. And Stephen Clark, he is cool, isn't he? I love him as a judge. He's just a kind judge. Um, very positive. I, yeah. Very positive. I've always enjoyed riding for him. He always winks when you go by, which always kind of makes you smile and take a deep breath. I mean, he's just a kind human. I've never met him in person. Um Actually, we did, Phil. We we went to a clinic in America when, when he it was a trainer's conference, and we met him very briefly. And he's just cool. Yeah. He's, a, he's I, I yeah. highly recommend if uh, you get to see him. So I love that total saddle fit tip of the week. That was great. Thank you for sharing. Well, everybody, we love your email and Facebook shout outs. Keep them coming. We've been getting a lot uh, recently, which Phil and I love just hearing how things are going and and, um, what's working and what you're liking about the show and just questions in general. So please keep them coming. Uh, We always love them. The United States Dressage Federation is your connection to dressage education, competition and achievement. Visit usdf.org for more information. That's www.usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. To find me, it's probably best to go on to Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. We'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. 
That's Kentucky Performance Products, Arena Saddles, and Total Saddle Fit. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we hope you have a great week, and we look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you.